Welcome to Origin Gates Daily Podcast called Wisdom's Echo. I'm Ray Hughes, and I'm going to be sharing with you today. And what I'd like to talk with you about today are, is actually some things that I have walked around and bumped into a few uh, times uh, in our journey together on these podcasts. Um, but what I want to do is I want to today, I want to just look at just a few key words that I think of first when I think of King David. And also, when I think of King David, I don't always think of him as King David. I think of him as Shepherd Boy David. I think of him as a, as a son David. I think of him as a shepherd. I think of him as a, as a songwriter. I think of him as a poet. I think of him as, uh, you know, we all lo- love to immediately picture him for the most famous of all, of all of his acts, I guess, was the killing of the giant. But he was so much more than that. And uh, but what I want to do in, in this short time we have, I want to look at just a few words that always come to mind when I think of David. Firstly, I don't think of him necessarily as the king. I think of him as a young man longing in a shepherd's field. And he was longing for the presence of God. He was longing for the love of God. He was longing for the goodness of God. He was everything that it was in his life. It just seems like he was one always that had this, um, I don't want to use the word drivenness, but there was something that was always compelling him to see God in everything that he looked at. And wouldn't it be amazing to, to be able to live in a place like that? Well, the word clearly lets us know on so many occasions, that that's what God is longing for as well. He is longing for us as we are longing for Him. And uh, again, David's the perfect example of that. Uh, David was known for uh, praising God, his adoration uh, to God. And, and also, uh, even though he was ultimately wound up becoming a king and built the empire and built a nation and all that, there was also a certain amount of contrition that you find showing up in David's life continually. Because he was a, not only was he a first-class sinner, he was a first-class repenter. And just as real as his sin was, so was his repentance. And contrition will always keep you living a lifestyle of, of honoring God by asking for God's forgiveness. And out of that humility, God can use you. And uh, another thing I notice about David is, is the, the act of a petition. He was constantly asking God for an expression of his favor. You know, you know Lord, uh, unto me your servant, unto me you know, servant, sinner, or saint, whatever it was, he, he acknowledged who he really was, and he petitioned to a God that was very real to him, and man, couldn't we all learn from that? And also, he was he was one for showing God the gratitude. So you see, contrition, petition, and thanksgiving was the language of his life. Now, you know, when I think of David as being the one who was always longing for and longing for the courts of the Lord and longing for the presence of God, well, his longing is what then became lyrics. And I've talked to you about this before, but 
Longing became lyrics, and then his lyrics became his language. And man, I'll tell you, that we could all learn from that. Let, let our longing for the presence of God and our lyrics become the way we think. I mean, I have people in my life, I'm sure you do in yours, that are constantly finding words throughout the day to just acknowledge the Lord with their language. Uh, and the best way to do that, I think, is, is to, you know, it's the old principle of garbage in, garbage out. Word of God in, word of God out. What if our language was uh, moved and shaped by our allegiance to and our love for the Word of God? And David lived his life just longing for God to speak. And even his lyrics portrayed that. Uh, when you start reading the lyrics to his songs, you just find page after page after page of, of contrition and thanksgiving meeting God on some level every day, seven times a day, I will perform the vow of praise unto the Lord. Three times a day he was praying. Well, pretty soon, if you're talking about seven times a day praising God and when the, out of that spontaneous praise, a psalm would be born. Now you think about how many words are there, how much melody is there, how much lyric, and uh, therefore a, a continuation of the language of his heart. And then later, of course, that language then would become liturgy uh, because he was giving instructions and out of that language. You know, every, uh, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise him, sun. Praise him, moon. Praise him, stars. Praise him, beasts of the field. He was giving language and liturgy when he was doing that. And, you know, shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Praise the Lord, all you people. Uh, see, so much of that, so much of the book of Psalms is instructional and motivational and inspiring and, and, uh, and demands a response. And every time that we respond, we step closer. And when we react, we step back. But he was uh, giving a, a nation and a generation such a language for responding to the Lord that that would become a truth that, that spontaneous song that he might be singing out of his own longing would then become a truth that would endure to all generations. And we're still singing it today. We're still writing them today. We're still speaking that language when we speak the Word of God. And then, you know, that, that liturgy would wind up then also being married to the literature. And that's how we wind up with the Word of God. And to some it's read, but to them it was prayed and it was sung. And it was, again, the language of their life. Literature became one of the ways that we access truth and life then. And through that creative process, he would marry truth and beauty and awaken the wonder of God. And so liturgy can be a beautiful thing. You know, in all five of those, uh, we, we find their intended purpose is, is the same. It's worship. All five, when they find their intended purpose, they will be wrapped in worship because they have the ability to release the full expression of your identity in the truest song of your life. Now think about that. All the things that I just gave you, they have the ability to release the full expression of your identity. 
See, liturgy can be a beautiful thing, but it becomes lifeless language if if it's when it's just expressed as a religious substitute for longing. And I, 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 I believe that's one of the reasons God never allowed that longing heart uh, to, to leave David. Even in his sin, oh, oh Lord, create in me now a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. So, see, he gave language to the depth of who he was on that day. And uh, so liturgy can be a beautiful thing, but if it's just some religious substitute for longing, it's not going to work. It's just not going to, it's not going to happen. So, see, there's a difference in saying your prayers and praying your prayers. Like with David, he could have just treated it just as liturgy and said those prayers a thousand times, but that's not what you hear coming out of David. What you heard was truth. You heard honesty. You heard vulnerability. You, you heard transparency. And uh, all, all the songs that he gave as a language to the people of Israel, what does that do? That becomes their expression. So that means now they are humble. They are honest. And they move into that place of vulnerability and transparency because that was the language that they were carrying, because it came from one who had a genuine, authentic longing in his heart for the goodness of God, the presence of God. So that's a big difference in just saying it or singing it. No, it's time we pray it. And uh, see, prayer should always be dressed in the, in the, uh, the appropriate language. What is the appropriate language? Well, it'll be dressed in the language and images that best sing your truest heart. Why? Because we have a God who knows the truest you. And so the lofty pretense is always void of honesty and beauty. But see, wonder will always find its purest notes in the simplest of prayers. And that's one of the things that I love most about David's prayers. They were simple. They, they were not just wrapped in flowery melodies and wrapped in uh, uh, flowery concepts that would give religious rhetoric a place to, to belong. No, oh God, create in me. Creator, you're the only one who can. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit in me. See, if all five find their intended purpose in your worship, They'll help you release the full expression of your identity in the truest song of life. Remember, I said that just three minutes ago. What is the truest song of life? It's worship. You and I were born to worship. And even in those silent moments and silent hours and silent times, See, David also had his pull away into the, those places of silence and desert places and caves and all the things that he would go through in those places. He would find, him play, find himself in places of silence. But see, I'll just say it like this. An eagle loves the lure of the heights, and he's most alive when he's soaring alone in the heavens. But a mockingbird spends his time sitting on a limb, imitating the last thing that grabbed his attention.
So where are you going to find the, find the true silence of heart? You're going to find it in the heights, in the heights, above the noise. There in that place of silence, soaring at rest on a wind that carries us. That's the, that's the thought of an eagle. He longs to get into that high place of silence where he can soar and rest on the wind that carries him. And look at the depths. That's below the noise. Some of you might be going through one of those seasons of just in, you may be in the depths of. And there you're below the noise of this world. And if you, and, and so you, you, there in those depths, you can, that's resting in a stillness that holds you. Whereas in the heights, you soar, soaring at rest on a wind that carries you. So whether, you, whether right now you're being carried by a fresh wind or you're being held in a place of silence, I just want to declare to you, of all of those five, let's ask ourselves the question, which is the best? And which are you? See, there is no best because all of the above are about moving and flowing in that river that requires all five without us getting stuck somewhere on the rocks and uh, choosing, choosing our personal preference and then preaching our personal preference as if it were convictions of the Holy Spirit, trying to convince someone of something. See, prayer is not convincing any, anyone of anything. Neither is adoration. See, neither is contrition and petition and thanksgiving. See, prayer is yearning and appealing to God. It's asking and seeking and knocking. It's not a formula. He's a father, you guys. So all of the above is necessary because these are the things that move us to and through and in and out of seasons of life. But just remember that prayer is always supposed to be addressed in the language that best, and, and the images uh, that, that sing your truest heart. And, uh, and see, sometimes we don't need deeper thoughts and, and more profound liturgy. Sometimes we don't need deeper thoughts as much as we need a deeper silences. Silences that are found in the heights where He carries us and in the depths where He holds us. And so my prayer for you today, in the purest language that I could pray, is my prayer for you today would that, that you would be dressed in that simple language, born out of the longing of your own heart. And it, and it not just be deeper thoughts, but a deeper silence. Because sometimes music is like unity. It's overrated. Sometimes music is like harmony. It's underrated. But just that open, vulnerable, authentic transparent meeting with God, I, I just pray that the prayers and the poetry of your life will become truth and that his, his truth will become your song. This is our story. This is our song. He is our story. He is my song. Let's, let's, let's wrap this all around the beauty of who he is in our lives. And I just pray God's richest blessings on you today. And I pray that your longings will find him as he finds you. God bless you. Have a great day.